Interested in energetics, intention, alignment, integrity, and ethics? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Sacred Leadership Podcast. This space is for you to gain inspiration, wisdom, and knowledge from exceptional leaders to support you in your leadership journey. I'm your host, Amber Gordon, trained therapist and intention and alignment coach here to ask all the deep questions to get the raw truths. Settle in, take a breath, set your intention for what you're open to receiving from this episode, because it is time to drop in. Welcome back to another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast. I have Kati joining me today. Kati and I have known each other for a little while now. Kati loves coaching people to their highest potential. She mentors entrepreneurs who don't want to do life alone by supporting their missions and visions on this earth. She focuses on the body via their feelings, intuition, and wounds so that people feel safe to remember their power and to reclaim it. Kati, I love you so much. I was just sharing a little bit about how you're actually somebody that inspired the creation of this podcast in terms of how you show up, how you show up as a leader, and also how you challenge other leaders um, by really being somebody who you're like, no bullshit, you're going to call people and you tell it like you see it kind of a thing. And you're also unafraid to really advocate for yourself what you need, what your boundaries are, what your body needs. And you recently took a break kind of away from social media, away from really being in connection with a lot of people to really focus on your own healing and your own uh, needs. And when you returned from that, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great time to speak about that. And today's also a very special day because the day that we are recording this March 21st is the day that the Sacred Leadership Podcast actually was launched for people to start listening. So feels like a really full circle moment. And I am so, so grateful to be able to talk to you today. And so people listening, maybe don't know you, don't know your story or why I even would be inviting you to be on a podcast about leadership. Can you just share a little bit about your journey in your own words? Yeah. So for a long time, I identified as this Chicana from South Central LA. um, And that used to be like my identity. Like I was this brown girl who like came from immigrants and came from like struggle. And like, it used to feel really good to like claim it. And it still does. But I have grown so much from that. Like I feel when I was um, identifying and you know, um, embodying that brown girl from South LA who came from like poverty and like trauma and like just all of these kinds of things. I I was realizing that I was keeping myself kind of stuck, stuck to um, struggle. And I say that because everywhere around me, there was struggle. There was like everyone that I knew was struggling in some way, whether it was um, financially or emotionally or just with their health, like there was a struggle all in their relationships all around me. And so um, now I um, still am that girl from Saw Central, um, but I am so much more than that. I feel like I've liberated myself. I've like, I feel like I've unleashed a whole nother um, version of Kathy. And this Kathy is more of an entrepreneur. And not only is she an entrepreneur, she's a lot more um, free spirited than I was before. I think growing up, I didn't have many role models. Like I feel like I only had like five options. You were to become a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, maybe a social worker, maybe a cop. I don't know. Cause you know, people didn't really like cops in my neighborhood, but like maybe like if you wanted to go that route. Um, and I feel like now what I think about who I am and who I've become, she's definitely someone who, um, doesn't really care about like the titles and the careers and the salaries and any of that way. I just really care about living a really good life, like just a really abundant life. And for whatever reason, for me, abundance can be translated with money in 3D, but it's more than that. Like it's just the ability to be able to have freedoms and choices and like just being able to do life the way that I want it, not the way that I feel like I have to, or the only way that's available because of limitation. And so, yeah, I, um, from being this brown girl from South Central LA, now I'm this entrepreneur and 
part of being an entrepreneur, something that hasn't changed since being that brown girl from South LA, I still love helping people. I love being in service. I don't know if it's cultural. I don't know if it's programming. I, I feel like it's a part of my mission and my soul. Like I feel like my soul came here um, to be of service and to be able to have like an impact. Like I can't see myself not being able to, um, you know, I can't see myself not being able to have some kind of like um, purpose, some kind of like effect on like the world. Like I can't leave it the way that I see it right now. Like I, I can't unsee all the things that um, not necessarily are wrong with it, but all of the things that are hurting, all of the things that are suffering, all of the things that just feel wrong and are like just not right. And so I see myself now as this entrepreneur with this big mission to be really abundant and to help other people um, along the way. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and where I am and who I, where I come from. And I think one of the pieces that always sticks out to me in your story is the fact that you really didn't have any role models for what it is that you're doing now, the way that you're living your life now. So going back to feeling like, mm, maybe I want to actually do something a little bit different than what was shown to me. Can you talk a little bit about that part in your journey? Because I know years ago when I met you, you were still transitioning out of you know having this corporate job that you were like, okay, like I'm good at this. This is making good money. But it is very hard when we are raised with a lot of fear and this is you know different types of fear fear for safety fear for money fear for shelter fear for food when we have that fear to do anything that is risky to do anything that qualifies as the unknown that's really hard our nervous systems don't like that at all our nervous system takes the unknown as something that is not a good risk especially if we consider ourselves to already be at risk or in an unsafe situation and so pairing that environment and that kind of situation with not really having the role models, where did you find it inside yourself to start making a transition to wanting to do something different, wanting more? I'm so glad. You know, what I love about podcasts too is like once you say something, you said it the way that it came out and it's just, you know, you get to like kind of work with that. I'm so glad I said that and I'm so glad that you called up on it because I did have a lot of um, mentors and a lot of my role models were in education. But to be honest, that's it felt very limited. Like I a lot of the people that were helping me were like people that chose college as their avenue of success and like their avenue of making it, their avenue of getting out of like the hood, out of poverty, out of like just um, trauma. And I had a lot of those role models, but who I am now has outgrown that version of like success and has outgrown that version of making it that version of like who I thought I was supposed to be. And I love, love, love that you asked me that because even so I was a high school teacher. And even when I was teaching, there was like a part of me that was really fragmented. And I don't know if you can visualize this, but like I was teaching kids how to go to college because that's what I was taught. And I felt like I was forcing them and I was forcing them to like do really good in school and follow rules and like do really good in terms of like their tests. I felt like I was and a part of me just felt icky about that because I was like college wasn't all that great. And getting out of college and being a teacher, I was so underpaid and I was so stressed. And I felt like I was really unhappy, but I was like, why am I unhappy? This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so when I think about what happened to me is I really feel like I was forced into entrepreneurship. So I ended up losing my job. I had this an amazing job um, in a nonprofit. So I left teaching and I went to the nonprofit sector and um, I was training people how to dream. Like legit, that was my job. Like how to dream, particularly in schools. I was training teachers. I was training students. Like just getting them to dream of a world, dream of a life, like dream of something beyond what they knew was possible. And that was my life. And I lost my job during the pandemic. And it was really hard to get another job. And it's crazy. I have degrees. I had experience. I made really good money. I had moved myself to a really good title. And um, 
during the pandemic, it was really hard for me to find a job. And I pushed myself on entrepreneurship, but I feel like the pandemic was a spiritual awakening for a lot of people. Like, I really do believe mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. with like the internet, tech, innovation, like something about people were showing other people what was possible, like via like the internet, via like social media. And something happened to me there. I went to a retreat. It was a silent meditation retreat. And in that silent meditation retreat, I remember the retreat was called Rebirth. So a lot of like the, um, most of it was silent, but every once in a while we would get like a teaching. And in the retreat, it was called Rebirth. I had this idea that I was ready to reinvent myself. And I ended up starting a cleaning business. Um, a COVID disinfecting cleaning business. And from there, I was just right time, right opportunity. I took off um, and I landed in entrepreneurship. Now, making money is amazing um, and I love it. But even then, I began to feel fragmented again because as much as I loved making money, I felt that part of my mission wasn't just to make money. It was also to help other people. Mm. And also, when you make money, this is going to, this is going to, I really do feel weird saying this out loud because I'm like, oh, this is one of those things where you're supposed to think about before you say it out loud. But it's really lonely to make money by yourself. As much as I love circulating money and I feel like part of my abundance was having payroll, was having employees, part of my abundance was paying people well. Like when when you make money and your circle isn't making money, there's like um, this gap and it it doesn't feel good. But and and I realized in that moment that um, there something clicked for me. Like part of me understanding my purpose was very much connected to money. Like I, it, there was something there that I was like, I feel like part of the healing that I'm in doing right now is even the kinds of life that I live, the kinds of treatments I'm doing, like the kind of healing that I'm doing, all of it, I can do it because I can afford it because there's money. And so something happened to me when I um, felt like was pushed into entrepreneurship, started the cleaning business, wanted to be of service. Something with money just kind of changed like the game for me. Um, But I honestly never, when you had, had you had asked me what, was like my wildest dream. It would have been to have been a lawyer, to have had like a house, very middle class. I've had a very middle class dream, um, which is beautiful. And I I do think it works for a lot of people, but um, never did I imagine being an entrepreneur or being um, someone that like loves talking about money or that is done the healing that she's done or that loves being in service. Um, Like that was not a part of the plan. Like somehow in 2020 but like my life just took this radical turn um so yeah that's how it happened yeah and that's where one of the things that i find so interesting about people is when people can work with a lot of duality and i find you to be a very grounded and humble person but also at the same time, you love being like extravagant as fuck. Like, you know, you're like, yo, by the way, I decided to hop on this plane to go over to Dubai. Like, I'm like, is this, is this for real? We share a friend circle and we're like, where in the world is Kati vacationing now? Like, it's like this thing where we're like, we're pretty sure that bitch is over in Greece, like, you know, with love, but we're like, what? But it's so amazing to be in connection with you because I'm like, yeah, that's fucking possible for me too. Like, absolutely it is. And you are unafraid to be loud about that because the intention behind it is to remind people of what's possible. And if someone's dream is to, you know, work a ton and have a house in the suburbs and send their kids to day camp or whatever, that's great. That's fine. But have that be what you're choosing, right? Not the thing that you have to do because you don't have any other options or you feel forced to, or you don't feel fulfilled by your life, but you don't feel like there's any option to live differently. And that's where you are somebody who's constantly questioning everything, which is one of my favorite features <laughs> about you is that you're you're always questioning. And when I first met you, um, it was, you know, through, through a coaching, uh, container and 
it, there was like a question and then a follow-up question, then a follow-up question. And I was like, yes, this is great. So many people just go along with whatever. They don't even think that they're like allowed to ask questions. And if you do ask questions, maybe you ask like one question, but not like 17 questions. And you really want to know. You really, really want to know. And you really want to remind other people that they get to ask questions too, which I think is one of the things that I find so permission giving um, about being able to see how you've decided, right? Because at this point, it's a choice, how you've decided to live your life and show up for yourself. And recently, the way that you've been showing up for yourself has been a little bit different than you have been in the past. And both of us have a passion for well-being, for health, for taking really good care of our vessels. And it's something that I feel like is such an important part of leadership. So I'd love if you could share a little bit more because I feel like a lot of people know that, yeah, you can take extravagant vacations when you have abundance, but then like, what really are you doing to also take care of yourself and to really do that deep healing work? I love that question because I am trying to think about the like turning point. It So entre- at one point, I think things got a little out of hand on social media. So the same thing that took me to entrepreneurship and was showing me was possible for me and it could have just been my timeline, but something out of social media got out of hand for me where I felt like there was hustle and there was chasing because everyone was now talking about manifestation and manifestation began to feel like control to me. Like it felt like I can control my life. I can do all of these things and I can chase all of these things. And it started to get really scary because I couldn't catch myself anymore between the next goal and like when it would be enough. And I remember I had this like turning point And I was like, oh, shit, if I don't like stop this or pause like right now, I feel like I'm going to lose myself. I'm going to lose myself in the rat race. I'm going to lose myself in this game. I'm going to lose myself. And I kid you not, I booked a one way ticket and I wasn't planning on staying, by the way. I I, it was like a vacation, but, you know, I was I was I mean, I can work from anywhere and do my 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 job from anywhere. and so. I decided to book this like um, one-way ticket. And once I moved, I I moved to Greece and I started to see um, how different life was, how slow and easy and calm life was. I was like, oh, I was really onto something. There is something going on in America with hustle culture, with chasing, with like productivity that was like really, really scaring me. And the town that I live in is hilarious they have siesta which is nap time and it is very serious like it is so much so this is this makes me laugh all the time i don't know if it'll make anyone else laugh but my landlord said don't you ever call me during siesta time she said unless there is blood spilling out of you and if the blood can fill up this whole cup then you can call me this is going crazy like (laughs) who says that to another human being Kid, do not. Siesta's a very serious thing here. And I come here and I start to be able to listen to my body in weird ways, Amber. Like, I kid you not, I can feel like weird pains in different places that I don't think I've ever paid attention to before. I could feel my posture. I could feel like I'm like, I, there must be something up with this tooth because I can tell it like chews differently. I started to eat listen to my body in ways that I was like, what? And I, I don't think I could have ever in America because not only like acute stress, but just like the noise, like there's always noise somewhere. Like it's some kind of music, some kind of car, some kind of ambulance, at least where I was. And so I began to be able to listen to my body and it started by like one thing I, I went to, um, I got a personal trainer and then I got a nutritionist and I started doing reflexology and it went from like one modality to the next and it just got deeper and more intimate. Um, and it's interesting because I've done this before. I I, um, I feel like when I started my healing journey a bit more consciously, I started to look for different healers and I tried different things, but nothing was landing. Um, it wasn't until like I started focusing on my body, like legit my body mm-hmm. that I feel like 
I've began to break open. Like I feel like I've unlocked codes. I feel like my expression, the way I can just cry, Amber, now is wild to me. I can I can cry right now. I can express my feelings to you. And I really do believe it's all from working on my body. Um, and it happened from booking that one-way ticket and then not looking back. And then after I had to like let people know, I'm like, hey, I'm not going to come back. I ended up getting a visa. I'm going to end up staying here and living life here. Um, and so, yeah, it, I, there was like this turning point for me where I was like, there's something's not feeling right with entrepreneurship. The way that I'm seeing it, the way that I'm um, being um, presented it, the way that I'm following it right now. And I hate to use this word again because I'm not saying that I don't have role models, but like I wasn't seeing anyone do entrepreneurship in a way that felt. What would be the right word? Like, I feel like, you know, the words feminine and masculine are like really popular right now, but in a way that genuinely felt feminine without disregarding the masculine, like that genuinely felt easy without disregarding Mm -hmm. how hard it can be to be an entrepreneur. Balance. Yeah. I feel Mm -hmm. like I hadn't seen that. And so I had to come and figure that out for myself. and being in the, the town that I'm in, it's beautiful because the way that life moves so easy and slowly and like, it just, it's kind of hard to be anything different. Like you'd be fighting yourself, you'd be fighting, you'd be fighting the town too. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. It took me to a deeper healing journey with my body. Yeah. And it's something where going back to questioning, right? Like we get to question everything and it's not just what we want. It's also really thinking about our society, our culture, our family of origin, all of these things that have been so normalized and made into our default setting. Is that default setting actually serving you? Is it helping you? Does it actually feel in alignment with your deepest truth? And the self that is most aligned with your purpose here. Most of the time, if we actually slowed down and thought about it, the answer for a lot of people, I would imagine, would be no. No, it's actually not because we are living so fast because it's another form of escapism, but it's an acceptable form of escapism, right? It's not acceptable to like get drunk every night, but it's totally acceptable to like work for 12 you know, 14, 18 hours a day, that's fine. People in America in particular get a pat on the back for that. And I know even in my own journey with entrepreneurship, that's been a lesson that I have had to learn and relearn because it is, when you're an entrepreneur, it is something that you could potentially be doing all of the time, 24, 7, 365. There's always something to do always. You could make a piece of content. You could call another client. You could, you know, create a course. You could be, there's always something that you could be doing to earn money, get your name out there, market, make a connection always. And it's up to you to really know how to balance that, right? Like you said, and how to have boundaries with it, how to protect your energy. And also as a leader, are you really taking good care of yourself? really good care of yourself. Because if you are standing in service and standing as someone who is there to support other people, but you are not slowing down enough to even listen to what your body needs and you're not supporting yourself, how can you truly show up in leadership and show up in support of other people? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, And you know what's funny? I actually just remembered, I didn't start with the personal trainer. I started with the reflexologist. I went in and I don't even know how, Amber, but I don't know how I got to this topic. I don't know if she was asking my family history. And I don't know how I nonchalantly said, yeah, like my mom has lupus. My grandmother has arthritis. Like I just made it normal. Like people have health issues in my family. So I probably get sick when I'm like 50. And then she goes, you're planning on getting sick? And I was like, well, does everybody get sick when they're old? She goes, no. I was like, wait, old people don't just get sick? And then she goes, uh, no, no, no. And I was like, oh, I guess because I saw all the older people in my family, they got sick. And I have a lot of aunts who have diabetes or have high cholesterol. So I just thought that when you got sick, when you got older, you got sick. And from there, she like, absolutely. I love people in their gifts. People in their gifts truly have, oh my gosh, such an impact on the world. All it took was for her to say that. And from there, like my life changed. I went to go hire a personal trainer. I hired a nutritionist. I went to functional medicine. I went to homeopathy. 
I like went deep because I realized that I hadn't what I thought to be normal um, was just normalized. It wasn't actually normal. Like what people were doing in terms of like overworking or chasing or, you know, um, drinking or, um, you know, their health, like all of those things that I was being taught that was like were being mirrored to me or being shown to me weren't the only way. And I needed to get away from that to come and be shown different um, ways of living, to be shown all these different modalities. Um, and I really, I like, I love, love, love America in terms of like all the um, possibilities that exist. Like we're, we're really such a unique country in a lot of ways. And at the same time, Amber, I'm like, I feel like with, even though we have all of these options, it still sometimes feels really inaccessible. Like, I feel like even people are mm -hmm. still struggling to find how to heal their body, how to listen to their body, how to find a modality, especially in all that abundance of like all of these different people saying all of these different things. I even sometimes I can't take it on social media. Like, I want to learn about health. But then you have one person saying, drink water, don't drink water, drink this, do this, don't do that. And so... I'm really, really lucky I was able to come and find such a simple way of living and such a simple way of like healing that is really ancient that just like really, really resonates with me and really, really works with me. I can feel it. I can see it in my face. I can see it in my body, like the impacts of um, doing all of like this healing work. Um, and I know people do it in America too. And I know it's possible. I just so happen to have to leave very far from it to kind of find it for myself. Hmm. Yeah. And I think there's kind of two, two directions that I want to go in and I'll, I'll pick this one first and then we can kind of circle back to the other one. But the piece that you shared about your family narrative or just even the narrative that we have in this country, right? Because that is something where we, it's very normalized for older people to have health issues, like pretty significant and severe uh, health issues. And, you know, we could get into a whole podcast on, a, you know, conspiracy theories and different things like that and talk about big pharma. We're not going to do that right now. But um, I do think that just having that power for somebody to say, okay, well, like, why does it really have to be that way? And it brings it back to a place of, we actually have a choice. We always have a choice. And we're fooled into thinking that we don't have a choice when uh, all I was doing was working as a therapist. I um, worked in a crisis center for a period of time and a lot of people come in and they would be like, yeah, you know, I have anxiety. I, it runs in my family or I have depression. It runs in my family. And this was when I was a much younger, uh, you know, clinician. And I was like, what? Like that just doesn't seem right to me that like you, you have this because it runs in your family. And then as I've learned more and read more and, you know, done a lot of my own studying and learned different things. Yes. In a way it does, right. Because you're conditioned through your attachment, through your family of origin, through what genes are turned on and off. And like, yes, that is going to impact how you show up in the world. But at the same time, all of that stuff is something that you can have some type of choice with your health. You can also do healing to decide if certain genes are turned on, maybe you can turn other ones on and turn other ones off. If your family system taught you to be very fearful of the world, well, is that true for you? Is that something that you actually believe at your core? And if you don't, or maybe if that belief isn't serving you, what work can you do to actually create a different relationship with yourself and your environment? And again, it's people slowing down enough to actually check in with their their bodies, actually check in with themselves, actually realize, oh, wow, all of this is a story. Who told me that story? Do I actually believe in that story? And is that story even helping me? And I think that that is something that if you get nothing from this podcast episode, really think about the stories that you're telling yourself, right? Because you, it's so bizarre that somebody would be like, well, are you planning on getting sick? And you're like, well, no, but yes. Well, okay. Do you want to? No, absolutely not. Like I would prefer not to end up with, you know, arthritis and diabetes and all this, all this other stuff. And they're like, okay, cool. Then like, don't. And you're like, oh, okay. 
Do you know what's so wild though, Amber? Like you will piss people off for telling them they have a choice. Like it literally makes people, especially when it comes to health and stuff like that, particularly think about like COVID and the pandemic and all of that. It really scares a lot of people to know that they have um, choice. And I think I, I don't fully know how to unpack that. My my mind hasn't gone there yet, but it, I don't I don't know if it's part of like programming or conditioning or like if I don't know, like if we're not wired, like I don't fully understand where we took away people's freedoms of like choice and stuff like that. But it don't make people really angry to feel like they can choose not to get sick or they can choose to leave a situation or leave a programming or leave an identity when it's all that they've known. Um, particularly how even me, when I started, I felt like it used to be like my marker. Like I'm this brown girl from South LA. Like you don't understand. I grew up on food stamps. I grew up on this. I saw this. I experienced this. And for me, like it used to be like, because those all things felt true, they felt like also not limiting, but they felt like I couldn't be anything else or there couldn't be anything else for me. Like that can be for you, but not for me. And so Mm. we're going like this whole conversation about, choice and like stories it seems simple right like sometimes it seems which ironically at least for me the healing modalities that i'm using right now are very simple my meals are very simple um it turns out to be a lot more simpler than i thought but it does seem very simple like just check the stories that you're telling yourself but i feel like even that for some people might be like no that can't be it like it can't be that easy like i'm telling myself a story right now but you are, we always are. We're always telling stories about ourselves, about other people, about the world. It's just, I, I don't know. We're just, I don't know if we're natural storytellers, but I, I do think it's just that simple to like, just check what you're telling yourself. And I think we are natural storytellers in the sense that we come here as a blank slate, right? And then we're counting on all the people who are already here to tell us how it works here. Unfortunately, they learned how it works here from the people that came before them, the people that came before them, and the people that came before them, right? So all we're doing is handing down these stories about how it's supposed to work here. But who came up with those stories in the first place? And then every story is then going to be, it's like um, that game that you used to play when you were younger, like telephone or whisper down the lane, where like when it gets to the last person, it's like completely not what it was when you said the phrase to the first person. And I feel like when we look in history, really the way that we used to exist on this planet and in symbiosis with this planet and with you know, the energies of this planet and with the energies of each other, it was very different from how far away we've gotten here and now. And as leaders, we have a very rare opportunity to invite people to start to question things. And I think even in leadership, we are told, oh, yeah, it has to be done this way. It has to look like this. And that's just another story. How you choose to lead, how you choose to be a business owner, an entrepreneur, a healer, a coach, a therapist, whatever, a teacher, a a stay-at-home parent, whoever's listening to this, however you choose to interact with whatever archetype you identify as, it's your decision how you're going to show up for it. Yes, there's certain things like, you know, if you're a parent, please do not like abandon your two-year-old at the grocery store. Like that is, that's not okay. It's not like, oh, well, I'm just doing parenthood my own way. Uh, No, we're, we're not like advocating that. There's like certain things that are like are okay and are not okay. But where there is choice, actually allow yourself to choose right? Just because somebody else is doing coaching one way or doing entrepreneurship one way does not then mean that we, in order to be successful, have to do it the way that they're doing it. And I feel like that is something that people get caught up in a lot. And I work with a lot of people who are very, very gifted individuals and they're tired. They're tired and they're burnt out and they're like, I don't want to show up on social media. I don't want to put out content. I don't want to create a course. I don't want to market. I just want to help people. I just want to use my gift and help people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that, that is so tough because here are these people who have these amazing gifts that everyone needs, right? Because we, we all need yeah. the help and they're burnt out and that, that needs to change. It absolutely needs to change. And if you're listening to this, like you can either be part of the burnout or you can be part of the permission 
And I think permission to really invite other people to do things in a way that feels good and feels aligned and feels true for them and how they want to show up in the world, that's the thing that's really going to be able to help our healers, our guides, our coaches, our therapists, help them actually be able to take good care of themselves so that they can take good care of other people. I love that. You know, Amber, I feel like that story of like, you know, um, healers and like, just being burnt out and being underpaid, like really does break my heart. It, it, and, and and I feel like it's even normalized like with like therapists or edu- teachers, like it doesn't make sense what the work that they do is so important and like it, it, it should be highly paid. And so whenever I hear this or whenever I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me. And I, it's not them. I, I, I know that, yes, like they have to, you know, um, choose differently and have like all of these things. But there's something with like the system I feel like going on right now, like in America, where like you have to really be able to figure out how to find a way to play. So here, let me say something really controversial. And I, I'm, I, it's really important for me to say it. I personally love capitalism. I think capitalism is a free market. Now, capitalism comes with so many fucking issues and with the healthcare system and like just inequality and power dynamics. But when you think about all the people who are out there being evidence for you who are like, you know, making all of this money, we're able to benefit from capitalism. We're able to do it because capitalism exists. Now, going back to like healers and um, just people out there being in service, being underpaid, it really really um makes me angry that like that is still a narrative that a a lot of them are operating under not a narrative a paradigm a frequency that a lot of them are operating under because i feel like part of entrepreneurship and business and capitalism isn't being taught to them in a way that is sustainable isn't being taught to them in a way that um is um accessible isn't being taught in a way that um, allows for you know people to get paid just for kind of being themselves and I feel like something I feel like this is why it's super important for entrepreneurs to like do things differently and entrepreneurs to show other people the way and entrepreneurs to talk about money because I don't think we shouldn't be having this conversation 50 years from now in this podcast about saying the same thing. And I feel like for the last 20 years, or I don't even know how many, I don't want, I don't, I don't know how to guess, but like for the last forever, people have always been saying that like, you know, healers and, or entrepreneurs are all struggling artists or just struggling people. Very rarely do we think like, do we, do we talk about entrepreneurs being in their gifts, being abundant, you know, like, Maybe in 2020 when like everyone was trying to talk about numbers on social media and like, you know, talk about this and that. Maybe there was like a small switch. You know, there was millionaires that are TikTokers that were seven years old and millionaires already, you know, like maybe there there was like a slight little switch. But even then, I don't know that that was being uh, shown in a way that felt accessible, that felt sustainable in a way that felt, um, what's that word? Um not equitable, uh, I use it all the time, not ethical, in a way that felt ethical. Because there were a lot of people making a lot of money online that mm, was not mm-hmm. as well. And mm-hmm. so I yep. feel like this is mm-hmm. so important for us to have these conversations because we need to mm-hmm. talk about money. We need to talk about well-being. and he- Like wealth and health should go hand in hand. They shouldn't be like people who are wealthy are not healthy or people who are healthy are not wealthy, you know? Mm. Oh, Snaps for that. That's like that's a huge takeaway because even um, like one of my one of my guilty pleasures is uh, Netflix reality shows, and I was watching Bling Empire a couple weeks ago, and the it's like the new episode when they're in New York, and I was watching these people who have insane amounts of wealth, and you can just tell that they are unwell. Uh, you know, one of the main people I. I not um, remembering people's names right now. One of the main people not doesn't sleep at night, has horrible insomnia, is like living off of like fast food and gummy bears. And I, I'm just 
racking my brain watching this thinking if I had access to that level of wealth, my house would basically be like a, I don't know, like a spa for like a wellness spot. Like I'd have a cold plunge. I'd have an infrared sauna. I would be like going outside every day and getting my vitamin D and then like, you know, meditating on my infrared mat. Like I'm like thinking what I would be putting my, my funds towards. And then I'm looking at the people that I know who do, you know, whether they it's like go in their local lake and like cold plunge every morning or whatever. They're the people that are like, yeah, you know, we're really struggling to make ends meet. And I just like, I'm like, this is everything that's wrong (laughs) with the world. And it really is such an amazing thing to be able to have this conversation because that is a huge takeaway for a lot of people. And we do not value health like true health. We value quick fixes, but we don't value true health. And I think because we don't value true health and wellness, and this goes for physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, we are not putting the same monetary exchange that would actually make it equitable for people to serve others in that way because we don't value it. And then you have to look at why do we not value it? Well, we don't value it because we're taught not to value it. We're taught to value all of these other things that actually make us sick and make us unwell. And, you know, if I'm going to, you know, in the spirit of getting controversial since you started at Kati, we're a lot easier to control as a mass of people if we're unwell. If we don't feel good in our bodies, if we're not strong, if we're not healthy, it's a lot harder for us to think independently and to live life on our own terms because we don't have good energy. We are not sleeping well at night. We don't feel good. The food that we're eating is making us very sick. And again, when you are saying, yes, I'm a leader, I want you to really think about how you're leading. By example, I talk to people all the time on this podcast and my clients, live your life with intention. If you're going to go eat McDonald's, have it be because you're choosing to go eat McDonald's, not because you're not thinking about it. And it's like this default setting where you're very like zombie-like going and just grabbing something to put in your mouth. If you're intentionally choosing that, great. Awesome. Love that for you. But have it be a choice. And if you're creating intention around it and you would not choose that, if you had some intention, why are you going to go do it? And I think being able to ask ourselves that question and really invite other people to ask themselves that question, that, in my opinion, is a huge part of leadership. Yeah. I, oh, I felt that. I felt that in my soul. I felt that in my body. Um, yeah, I I really don't believe, you know, I don't know, what, Amber, I probably it's, just, it's late at the start of this conversation, but like, my, at least my experience with doctors has not been a pleasant one. I hate going to the doctors. I hate going to the hospital. It doesn't feel like a place that feels safe, that feels like they understand or that is holistic. And so there's like all of these like things wrong. One time I left a UTI because I didn't want to go to the doctor until I had all these crazy symptoms. And the doctor was like, were you trying to die? And I was like, no, I was trying to avoid your ass. Like, I hate coming here. It's it's how, <laughs> so they're not inviting places. And so I really do think that there is a paradigm shift happening right now with health and wellness and more people are talking about it. What makes me afraid is just how extreme it can get. Like with everything, I felt that when I left, it was getting a little extreme with hustle culture and like chasing. And I'm like, oh, I don't want people to ruin the health industry. And I don't want people to like over medicate with like supplements or with like just all of these things that makes people feel like there's something wrong with them. You know, of course, healing is important mm-hmm. and it's part of life necessary, but I really, really want people to understand health and well-being from just like listening to their bodies, like just understanding mm-hmm. what they need. And you broke it down simply just with intention. Like you can eat the McDonald's. It's okay to eat the McDonald's, but like fully understanding why you're eating it, what it's doing to your body, you know, you know, understanding that like it will have an impact on you, you know, five years from now or like 10 years from now, like just the small choices you make. Not that one McDonald's, but just the multiple ones, you know, they kind of add up into your body because it stores a lot. Um, that's one thing I realized when I started doing body work. I lost a lot of weight and I wasn't trying to, Amber. I promise you, I wasn't trying to. I literally just wanted to work on my body and I lost 20 pounds. And when people ask me like what the real secret was, 
I really will say it was expressing myself. Like I started working on my body and I just started crying more, mm-hmm. saying things more. I stopped editing myself. Like I, if, if I was angry, I'd be like, hey, I'm angry. Like that made me angry or like just communicating a lot more. And so I really, really hope that people understand like health and wellness just by like understanding their body and loving their body, like really loving their body. I, before this mm-hmm. journey, Amber, I feel like, I used to focus a lot on mindset, purpose, career, wealth, but mm-hmm. like body, self-love, all of those things. I don't know. They weren't as important or as in or as like, they, I feel like I had to, I kind of started backwards. I started with like my mind and it's like the body is like, look, I really, 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 really am your vessel. Like I need attention. Mm-hmm. I need priority. Mm-hmm. And from there, it impacts my mind. It impacts how I think, how I feel what I believe. And so I truly do hope people get something um, here for like their health and their well-being um, and for their body that they're able to, something turns on for them that like makes them curious, you know, to go on this journey if they're not mm-hmm. already. Yeah. Cause a lot of it really is just about slowing down and asking yourself questions and really thinking about what is my ultimate alignment look like? And is this decision something that is in alignment with what that means for me to be in alignment with my highest self. And it's not about extremes, right? Because when we do something to an extreme, oftentimes it's because we're trying to make up for something because that is an important point that you added. Because yes, it's great you know, to be able to wake up in the morning and cold plunge and infrared sauna and this and that and the other thing, but it's a lot more simple than that, right? I think that people who came before us that lived life in community with the land and lived thing lived their lives very simply and intentionally, that was so nourishing, right? And we've gotten so far away from that. And I, I have also heard a lot of stories of people losing a lot of um, weight. And a lot of it was just inflammation, right? Inflammation in the body because their bodies were not operating at a frequency that felt comfortable. They were not operating in truth. They were not feeling really good with what their body wanted. I don't think there's any right way to eat in terms of like plant-based or carnivore or keto or whatever. I think it's all about what your unique body is asking for and knowing how to slow down enough to really listen to that and not using it as another thing that we're hyper-focusing on to actually take ourselves out of our bodies or away from our bodies. And I think the same thing can be said for entrepreneurship. And I shared with you in our pre-interview, a big part of why I decided to put this podcast forward in the world is because some of the most powerful healers, guides, coaches that I know don't have a ton of followers on Instagram. They don't because they're off doing the work. They're off doing their own healing. They're off living their lives with intention. And oftentimes that intention isn't to shout it out to the rest of the world and create content and be really, really loud about it. I really want people to know that those people are out there. You just might have to take a little bit more time to look for them, to seek them out and not just jump on what's new and flashy and the person that's been posting, you know, seven days a week and, you know, they got the sale because they were in front of your eyeballs, you know, multiple times a week. And so you felt the pressure to have that like impulse buy. If you're going to be partnering with someone to, be a guide, to be a leader, to be a coach, to be a healer for you in your life, really have it be a choice from what feels in alignment for you and feel gravitated towards that person. And I think Kati and I have have both had experiences where we've made choices out of misalignment or fear or just feeling like we didn't want to miss out on an opportunity. And they were learning experiences. But again, it's not necessarily that person that has the really good sales pitch that's actually going to be transformative. You found a reflexologist in Greece who shifted a whole narrative for you. How simple and beautiful is that? So I I just love what you said so much. It really felt so good. Um, I really do appreciate you saying that, Amber. I, I really, really, really do. And it's, you know, Something that I've come to learn when you were talking about like misalignment, when I think about some of the misalignment choices I've made in my life, some of them came from like wounding, like 
I used to think there was something wrong with me. And that wound is so deep. I don't know where I can't pinpoint like one childhood memory where like, you know, that um got ingrained in me. But because I thought something was wrong with me, I was like, you know, if I go somewhere there, then they can fix me or they can, you know, know the solution that I don't know, or they can tell me something, you know, mm. or maybe they're giving something outside of yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, those misalignment choices have taught me so much just about myself and what I believed and what I needed. And I loved, love, love realizing that I don't always have to go external. Like I don't always have to go outside of myself to prove my words, to, you know, um, heal myself. Same thing with like supplements. And I love supplements. I'm a supplement queen. I'm, I'm like a health queen. Like I love all of that stuff, but I've come to learn that like, so much of that stuff really is like internal and then you start needing less and less because even now amber as someone who loves money i love money i love luxury i don't feel bad saying it my life is so simple right now and i was like whoa and this is super random but i have to tell you i ended up airbnb in a mansion um last year and i was like this is excessive and i love nice things it had like 12 bedrooms i was like i am not this is i cannot clean this like this is I was like, well, what do we need all these kitchens for? And I was like, what? And I, I was like, I learned so much about just like life and its simplicity. And it feels so good. Like a simple life feels really, really, mm. really good. It's, but as someone who loves capitalism, right? And is living in America, you're not taught that. You're taught like right. more and, and upgraded, you know, in excess and, um, it feels really, really, really good to like fully understand my alignment and what that means. And the only way I've been able to get there is truly by listening to my body and working on my body. And it's even harder to compare yourself because like now, like I'll look at other people and I'm like, she looks stressed. Oh, she looks unhappy. Oh, I'm like, no, that that doesn't feel right in my body to like that just doesn't it doesn't feel right to have to do all of that work or have to do that every single day. Um. So I'm really hoping we're disrupting here for for somebody or disrupting something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that is an absolute intention, you know, for this particular transmission. And I think, again, giving people that permission to really decide for them what is actually important for you, because oftentimes what we're taught is important to us isn't what's actually important to us. I remember years ago, um, I was given, I have uh, an aunt who's, wealthy. And she gave me, um, a Louis Vuitton bag and I had never had designer anything in my life ever before. I never really cared about brand name, anything. (laughs) And I got this bag and I was like, wow, this is just a bag. And I really needed money at the time. And so I actually resold it on Poshmark and was able to like pay my student loans that month. Um, But it was so interesting because a lot of my friends were like, oh my gosh, why would you sell that bag? And I was like, because it doesn't mean anything to me. It it doesn't. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, why would that not mean something to you? I'm like, I don't know. It just doesn't mean anything to me. And they literally made me feel like I was crazy for being able to let go of this designer bag so easily. And it really got me thinking about, I'm like, do they even really care about bags or do they just care about bags because they were told to care about bags or made to feel like they should care about, you know, designer bags. And it is really, I think for a lot of people, when you're going through your spiritual awakening or whatever version of your spiritual awakening you're at right now, because it never stops, let's be honest, um, starting to like wake up and actually see like, oh my gosh, these are all just random stories that I've been told And maybe like none of this is actually true for me. And that's hard. And I feel like that's actually why a lot of people resist their spiritual awakening because coming to that place where you realize what you thought was important to you actually isn't important to you at all. It's a deeply uncomfortable feeling. It's deeply, deeply uncomfortable. And I think being able to do something tangible, like starting with the body is a really beautiful way to start to get in touch with your intuition. Cause talking to people in terms of like, go and meditate and like get in touch with your spirit guides or whatever, that doesn't resonate for everybody. For some people, they're actually going to find their peace 
through the physical. And that doesn't mean through physical stuff. It can literally be through your physical vessel. And that I hope is one of the main takeaways for people because it can come in so many different ways. Keep trying, keep looking for different ways to access yourself. And if it's not meditation or you know, spirituality or working with an energy healer, yeah, maybe it is a personal trainer. Maybe that is the way that you actually start to learn how to listen to your body and your intuition. There is no one right way. It can be whatever way you feel like you want to do it. And that I think is one of the most powerful things that I've learned from you, Kati. I love that so much. Yes, I agree with all of that. I second all of that. I triple all of that. Yes, that is perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I agree with that. So I shared a little bit about, you know, what I get from uh, following you on social media, just in terms of like a shit ton of permission. Um, So if other people want to connect with you, or if people are curious about ways that they can learn from you, what are you offering right now? And how can people connect with you? I love coaching people. I've tried doing the classes and all of that stuff. I really am a mentor. Like I love listening to people. I my discernment game is so strong. Like I can hear somebody and really quickly figure out where they're at with like their energy, with their beliefs, with their, you know, limitations, um, with their expansion. Um, for me, coaching people. And so coaching people in three month containers. Um, and really Entrepreneurs are my favorite people to work with. I love working with people, particularly people getting paid, people making big money, people being able to go beyond the solopreneur, particularly someone who's had a company and has had employees. I really love for people to think um, uh, bigger in that way. But honestly, I've come to realize that helping people in terms of potential and like unleashing their potential is like my jam. Whether they're thinking about being an entrepreneur, whether they're thinking about a side hustle, whether they're thinking about just thinking beyond what they know and what they currently believe to be true. I feel like if they come to me, they'll they'll expand beyond their wildest dreams and beyond their imagination because I love playing and I love playing big. And I love playing big in a way that feels safe in the body. Not, you know, not not just big mm. for what's... Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Whatever feels yes. good for you. I love people to feel good. Amber, do you... Yes. Can you know when you're around people that feel good? Like, you just know, like, that feels good for them. And that feels... They become juicy. They become magnetic. They become expansive. Um, and that's the kind of energy that I like to play with. I like to mentor people in that energy. Yeah. And I, I would say that that is something that to me is one of the reasons that I would encourage people to work with you because whether it's a specific training or not, to me, somebody who's going to say like, hey, let's do this in a way that feels really good to you, that's what it means to actually be trauma-informed right? That's, that's what it really means. And that it's not about having, you know, gone through a course or a class or a certification. It's really about someone that's not going to be like, well, you better do it this way if you want to be successful. Or like, if you're not posting X amount of times, like, how do you just like, how are you thinking you're going to make any money? I can't even tell you the experiences that I've had or that I've heard people have where their coaches, their mentors, their, you know, people that they're working with are just downright mean to them. And it causes them to be in this horrible, you know, fight or flight mode. They freeze, they shut down, all of their wounds come out, their trauma. And then they're just left in this state where they just feel not good enough or like they can't be successful because they can't do it the way somebody else did it. And And to me, that just is so wrong because there is no one right way. We're all meant to do it in the way that is in alignment for us and having a guide and a mentor who's truly interested in having that conversation and having it in a way that is compassionate and really invites you to answer the questions about yourself instead of what it should look like or what you think somebody else wants you to say. To me, that's the way that you really are going to get powerful and sustainable changes in how you're existing in relationship with yourself and your entrepreneurship. I agree. I completely agree, Amber. Thank you. Thank you for saying that and for affirming that. It really means a lot coming from you. And so you hang out mostly on Instagram. Is that right? Yes. Instagram is my favorite place um, to hang out in, the DMs, the stories. Um, Yeah. Come find me on Instagram at at coaching with Gati. 
K-A-T-I. And that will definitely be linked in the show notes for all of you to find Kati. Kati, thank you so much for your time today, for your energy, for your purpose, your mission, um, for being able to jump into this flow state with me and have this juicy and powerful conversation. I really appreciate you so very much. I appreciate you too. I wish I could hug you. I love you so much, Amber. Thank you so much. There you have it. Another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast on the books. I hope your time spent here served you and nourished you. Join us every Tuesday for more honest conversations and powerful insights. Remember, exceptional leaders share the wealth. Send this episode to someone who would benefit, leave a review to let others know about the show, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Talk to you soon.